You're listening to the TV Sports Radio Show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another week and another episode of the TV Sports Radio Show. I hope everyone had a good week, and I'm excited for another interesting day of topics. I am Dylan Jesperson. With me, as always, is my main man, Dylan Holt. Dylan, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well as well. Fantastic stuff. I'm excited to get into the topics we have lined up today. Quick reminder for everyone listening, you can follow us on Spotify at the TV Sports Radio Show. That way you can never miss a weekly update or upload and you can get updated when we upload another episode. Today we are going to jump into the news surrounding Tim Tebow and his return to the NFL. Uh, The NFL schedule released this week, so we are going to uh, sum up uh, our thoughts on the schedule and some of our matchups that we're looking forward to. And then we're going to get into this week in sports with the Oakland A's relocation rumors, as as well as the NBA weekend schedule as the regular season wraps up and the playoffs, uh, the playoff matchups get set. But first off, we're going to start with uh, the situation in attending games as a fan in the new pandemic oriented sporting world. Uh, I Made my return to a professional sporting event last week as I got to go to the Tigers and Twins game on Friday. I got to experience the first time going to a sporting event as a fan during the pandemic. Uh, I got to experience the smaller crowds and the COVID protocols and just the different atmosphere of of a game during a pandemic. And to all the fans that are, uh, thinking about going to a game, it is worth it. I, and I don't think it's that much different of a, of a feel and you're still going to get the same feel. And it is a lot more, almost a lot more exciting because uh, you know, for a lot of us, it's our first time being able to go to a live sporting event in so long. So it just, anything like that is going to give you a special feel, even it's, if it's the Tigers and twins, which are the worst two teams in the MLB right now. That being said, it is a different feel, and I think we can get into that. Uh, part of it is just the amount of people in the in the in the stands. Uh, being at an MLB baseball game, you don't really. Uh, I don't think anyone really appreciates the just the crowd noise of an MLB baseball game because it's a little bit different. People aren't as excited as they are for a football game or any other sport. But there is a constant noise and chatter that comes along with being at an MLB baseball game. And that being gone kind of makes it a little bit different. You hear a lot more of the, at least in Detroit, you heard a lot more of the city going on out, all around you. You hear a lot more of the concession stands and the uh, stuff going on in the concourse. The music is feels 10 times louder because there's not as many fans to drown it out. So there's a, there is a special different feel to games going right now. Uh, that being said, 
if you have the opportunity, you can, if you have your mask, you feel safe enough, you're not uh, compromising anyone else. I definitely recommend it. Uh, Dylan, have you been into any sporting events or are you looking forward to going to any sporting events soon? So I am looking forward to, but I also have attended a sporting event in this COVID era. Um, I was lucky enough, my alma mater, Murray State, uh, they played spring football this year. And we actually had a really good season, um, which is very uncommon for Murray State, very much a basketball school. Uh, much of you listening have heard of John ja Morant from Murray State. That's that's what we're used to, good basketball, not necessarily great football. Uh, but this this uh, spring season, we had a new head coach, uh, a lot of new players on offense and defense, and they all put, they put it together. And uh, they opened up the stadium, let people come, have your mask and everything. And I got to go to a game. Uh, and it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, it it was a different environment for sure. And it's weird to compare it to like a Murray State football game in the past because we haven't been as good. So it's not necessarily always lively. But that game that I went to, even though people were spread out, attendance was uh, dwindled down a little bit. The excitement was up because at the time, Murray State was undefeated, looking to get uh, an OBC championship and uh, go into the FCC, FCS playoffs, uh, which would have been the first time since 2002 so it was, it was a really exciting game Murray State ended up coming back from down 20 uh, early in the third quarter so it was, it was really electric uh atmosphere at uh Roy Stewart Stadium in Murray uh it was a lot of fun uh but yeah it was it was great to get back into a stadium uh it was I think a little over a year since I'd been to a sporting event I went to another Murray State it was a basketball game about a year before that uh the OVC championship Murray State played Belmont for a chance to go to the NCAA tournament that didn't happen because we got put in lockdown a couple of days later. Uh, so that was, that was my last experience before getting to go to this football game a couple months ago. And then I'm hoping, uh, depending on what happens in the NBA this weekend, I'm hoping I might be able to go down to Memphis next week and go to one of the play-in games. Uh, so I'll be keeping an eye on that, hopefully be able to get tickets and get to see some playoff basketball. Yeah, that would absolutely be exciting. We're going to get in the NBA schedule a, lot, a little bit later, but I have that, that Memphis-Golden uh, State matchup written down as one of the key ones we're looking forward to this weekend. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. I will keep my eye on Memphis to see if that happens for you. Uh, in terms of just going to a game, it's still the same. Uh, like I said, still basically the same experience, and you're going to feel, at least uh, from the MLB perspective, I can't speak on the other uh, sports because I haven't been to those games but from the MLB perspective it did seem like they were doing the most that they could do to keep everyone safe uh, everyone was reasonably spread out uh, there was reminders every inning to keep your mask on unless you were eating uh, they need they have you fill out uh, something in the MLB ballpark app beforehand to just a little questionnaire to make sure that you're okay they get your information for contact tracing in case anyone in your section uh, or anything happens uh, COVID related so uh, if there is a hesitancy hesitancy on safety from your part at least from the MLB's perspective I can say that they're doing their best and I, I would assume that most leagues are going to follow their, follow their lead on that because uh, it seems that even with some of the COVID protocols that have happened within the teams, I haven't heard much of anything happening, uh, you know, in the fans where a large spread uh, outbreak has happened at one of these games. So that's a good thing uh, as we move forward. And as fans get more into the stands uh, I'm looking forward to this fall. Um, my family has been Michigan University of Michigan season ticket holders since I was a little kid. 
so last year was the first time I wasn't being able to go to a game and I'm really excited to see how that dynamic dynamic changes. Uh, it, I'm, I'm thinking it's really doubtful that we're going to have max capacity in there. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the difference between that going from 110,000 people every week to, you know, maybe 25% of that. So that I think is what I'm most interested to see because that taking away the home field advantage in these college uh, college towns, I think is the biggest drawback, at least on the, on the field stuff from COVID is, you know, the home field advantage is basically gone. You can't, you can't really rely on a, a, an exciting or a big crowd to change a game in that situ- in that sense, you know? So as we move on, uh, hopefully we'll be able to attend more games as we go forward, attend more games, uh, as employees as well as fans uh, cover games as well as enjoy games on the side. We'll move on to our NFL topics for this week. We will start off with Tim Tebow with news that seems like it's almost 10 years too late, but Tim Tebow is finally, uh, he announced earlier in the year that he was retiring from baseball. Finally, he had spent a bunch of years in the New York Mets minor league system finally has decided to retire from baseball and is making his return to the NFL. Uh, Very likely, as it's been reported, that he will sign with the Jacksonville Jaguars, reunite with his coach uh, from college, Urban Meyer, and move to the tight end spot, which was something that was rumored about him long ago in his first stint in the NFL, now is deciding to actually give it a try. Dylan, give me your thoughts on the recent development with Tim Tebow and his return to the NFL. I was shocked when I uh, first saw the news because it kind of came out of nowhere. It makes a lot of sense with Urban Meyer making the move to the Jaguars, being the head coach, bringing in a guy like Tebow who he's so familiar with uh, and has so much success with. Um, I'm curious how much they will use Tebow as he hasn't played the position. We all know how great Tebow was in college, and he had moments in the NFL where he shined. Um, and I'm sure with studying so many playbooks through his years, he'll be able to know what the tight, he knows what the tight end does. Obviously he's a smart man. We've seen him talk on, uh, ESPN, uh, covering college football throughout the years. Um, I'm just curious if it's going to be him. They're expecting him to go out there and make an impact, play tight end, catch 10 touchdowns, or if it's more, he can come in and help mentor Trevor Lawrence because he is kind of helping bring him into the league as, the the Jaguars don't necessarily have a huge veteran presence in that locker room. And T- Tebow instantly, even though he's been out of the league for a decade, he instantly is a veteran presence and a guy that I think Trevor Lawrence would respect seeing Tebow's resume. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting because we know Tebow's a great athlete. The Jaguars tight ends room isn't anything special, so he might be able to get uh, playing time and make an impact. I'm also interested to see if they, if maybe the season doesn't turn out how they want it to be, as they're, the Jaguars don't have the best team in the world, if they start to use them in creative ways, try to use them like uh, the Saints use Taysom Hill and kind of just use them as a gadget player. Because he could definitely do it. Um, it's just it's going to be interesting to see what, what they decide to do with him. Uh, what were your thoughts when you first saw the news of Tebow coming back to play tight end? Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth there with the Taysom Hill comparison. That was the first thing that popped into my mind was, you know, other than the Urban Meyer part of it, which just kind of makes more sense why a a team would 
you know, take a risk on them like this. Uh, you've got that dynamic from college and we all know how good Tim Tebow was in an Urban Meyer system. He obviously knows what Urban Meyer is looking for in a player. Uh, but I really think that the move inevitably will move Tebow into a Taysom Hill type role with the Jaguars. Uh, he's not going to be your number one tight end. It, there's, I don't care who you are. If you weren't a main if that wasn't your main position, you're coming back to the NFL, you're not going to start at tight end. Uh, it's just not going to happen. But the thing with Tebow is that he's such an athlete and he can do so much with his legs and he's a leader and uh, can do all of those things. And it makes it such a, makes him such a valuable piece to just be able to use as a Swiss army knife. You know, you can throw him at the wildcat, uh, run plays with him at quarterback, move him to tight end, get him in space, get, you know, screen plays, stuff like that to get Tebow in the ball and in space. And I think Urban Meyer looks at that and goes, you know, why not? There's really no, no risk and high reward if Tim, Tim Tebow ends up working out in the long run. Uh, short term, you know, if he doesn't work out and he's just sitting on the bench, we all know how good Tim Tebow is at just, being a leader and being that guy. And I don't think, I think adding Tim Tebow to your locker room, as long as he's not competing for a starting quarterback role is a plus to any locker room, uh, especially in a guy in a system that he might be a little bit more familiar with than any other guys in there. He ran with urban Meyer for four years. So we understand and he understands what urban Meyer is looking for and, and can kind of communicate to that to the younger guys on the team and and, and you know the Trevor Lawrence situation is the, is the same way he knows what Urban Meyer is looking for in a quarterback he can relay that to Trevor Lawrence and make him just that much more better so I think it was a smart move uh on Urban Meyer's part and the Jacksonville part as long as they do go through with it I'm not sure if it's official yet but um I do think as we move forward we're going to see him running that Taysom Hill type role where he's, he's not in on every play, but when he does, when he is on in and in formation, teams are going to have to pay attention to him. And that's exactly what you want from a guy like that. Who's coming out of the coming and back into the league is at least be an attention grabber uh, and make defenses think about you. And if he does that, then that's, that's a win for Jacksonville in my book. Oh, 100%. Um, I think he is a guy that, um, that like you said, defenses are going to see him on the field. It'll take attention away from other playmakers that the, Jack, that, that the Jacksonville Jaguars have because they have quite a few of them. That, and that might go under the radar, and I might notice that because they're in the AFC South, the same division as my favorite team, the Titans. Uh, but they've got guys like LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark. Uh, they just drafted Travis Etienne from Clemson, Trevor Lawrence's teammate. Uh, you get eyes on Tebow and get eyes away from them, they could get real dangerous real quick. And that, that might be the strategy from Urban Meyer create a decoy. Um, I I think they – and if they implement maybe a college offense kind of like what Urban Meyer's uh, comfortable with, they could be putting up points in Jacksonville pretty quickly. Um, so they could be a team to watch out for. Um, I also think the Tebow move to Jacksonville makes so much sense business-wise because he's a Florida guy. Everyone there loves him. They're going to sell a million jerseys between him and Trevor Lawrence this season. And I, I really like the move. I really do. Even though it's to a division rival, it's, I think it's, it's a really fun move. And I think as long as he, I mean, it's a win-win. 
like you said, as long as he lets Trevor Lawrence shine at quarterback, it's going to be a win-win. Yeah, uh, definitely the last point I'll make on this. Uh, with Urban Meyer there, it's a win-win. I trust Urban Meyer. I've seen what he's been able to do. If I can throw my little bit of Lions fan pessimism into it and just say because I think as a Lions fan, we have the best perspective on how things can go wrong, even in the best scenario. So the only scenario I can see in that going wrong is that Trevor Lawrence comes in, struggles off the bat, and now all of a sudden you've got a lot, a lot of Florida fans down south going, give Tebow a shot, give Tebow his shot, give him a chance. That's the last thing you want in Jacksonville is for some reason Tebow getting in that starting quarterback conversation that then then you just cut him then you just go all right this wasn't worth it and we we just we can move on without him uh but with us moving on we're gonna stay stick with the nfl the 2021 regular season schedule is finally released this week and we have our first good look at what the teams will be up against this year uh my lions are staring down a true rebuilding year with a ton of losses i can sharpie in uh but i'm excited to see some of the games we have lined up for this season dylan give me your reactions to the nfl schedule and what you're looking forward to this year so, uh, unlike you and your Lions, I'm very excited for my Titans. I, the schedule, every year when the schedule comes out, I look at it and I'm terrified. I'm like, oh, no, here it comes. Three and 13 or three and 14 it would be now. Uh, but I was really optimistic when I saw the Titans schedule, which kind of scares me. It's probably not a good thing. But um, And I, I think it starts with a real bang. Uh, they get to open up the Cardinals week one, which is a team I really, really enjoy watching uh, last year. Uh, as they added DeAndre Hopkins, who I used to get to watch two times a year in the AFC South with Houston. Uh, I think that's going to be a really fun matchup week one. I think there's a lot of fun matchups all across the schedule uh, throughout the season. There's a few games I've circled that might have slipped by people's radar. Uh, Week four, Jacksonville makes the trip up to Cincinnati to play the Bengals on Thursday night football. Get to see Trevor Lawrence versus Joe Burrow, the rematch that national championship, two elite quarterbacks, two former number one pick quarterbacks. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. And then I, I circled another Jaguars game. In week 16, we'll get Jacksonville against the New York Jets. Get to see Trevor Lawrence against Zach Wilson, number one pick versus the number two pick. At that point, it'll be later on in the season. We'll get to kind of know what these guys uh, are about and get to see hopefully them at their best. Uh, throughout this first season uh, in the NFL. I, I think that could be a really fun game. Uh, and who knows, it might mean a lot. We never know with the NFL season. Any given Sunday, uh, you never know, never really know what happens. And then another Titans game that I'm really excited for is uh, week six on Monday Night Football. The Titans will take on the Bills, which is becoming kind of a little rivalry. We've played – the Titans have played them quite a few times the last few seasons. It's always a good game. comes down to the wire. Last year – and the regular season wasn't as good, but the Titans had a little more rest as they were they were kept out with uh, COVID protocol for a couple of weeks. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of games that look really, really good, as they always do, because uh, we get to speculate and just imagine what it could be. Uh, what games stuck out to you? Yeah, so I am really excited for this NFL schedule. I, As a Lions fan, it's tough. I always think I'm, I'm looking at it in a pessimistic way, but uh, there is – I think the silver lining of this Lions schedule is that one, we've got a favorable bye week. Uh, I think week eight is our bye week, which we usually either get a very early bye week or a really late bye week. So that's at least uh, a positive. And the only positive that I was looking at was uh, I looked at that week three matchup with the Green Bay Packers. And because of the Aaron Rodgers situation, it's not a done deal 
Jared Goff might be the best quarterback in the NFC North right now. I, I don't, I think he's better than Andy Dalton. So, and I, Kirk Cousins doesn't get me going at all in Minnesota. So I'm not sold on anyone. And if Aaron Rodgers is still not happy in Green Bay, and we'll know more about that as the season's getting going, but that, that situation really just made me go, okay, I need to circle this because if he's not there and then we somehow find a way to beat the Packers on week three, all of a sudden the Lions might be the best team in the division. That's not saying much. That division is not that great, but it's it just shows how quickly things can go and how fast a quarterback situation like that can bury a team because the Packers are they're fighting if they don't have Aaron Rodgers next year there's going to be a, a big problem with their offense and what they're how they're going to move forward with that team so that's something I looked for from a personal perspective uh, as the, with the NFL as a whole I thought the biggest uh, thing that stuck out to me was that the NFL kind of took a page out of the college football playoff and put some marquee matchups week one and then also spread them out so that we can watch all of them. They're not going to overlap at all. So the opener on Thursday night, we get to see Brady and the Bucks take on the Cowboys and Dak Prescott returns. So that's going to be awesome for a first game of the season. Then on Sunday, we get to see the Rams uh, break in new quarterback, Matthew Stafford, take on the Bears. We might be able to see Justin Fields Uh, depending on how they handle the Andy Dalton, Justin Fields situation. I think that's more up in the air than initially people thought it was going to be. And then flip it over to Monday night and we get Lamar Jackson and the Ravens in Vegas going to take on the Raiders on Monday night. And I think that's just, you know, exciting games day after day after day. Uh, Something that just stuck out to me. And it's like, all right, that first week of NFL football is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And you're going to get to see, how a lot of these new players work on new teams and then, you know, how, you know, the defending champs are going to be and how Dak Prescott will be. So I thought that was really interesting. And I think it's just going to be a lot of fun. Uh, The NFL season gets going quickly and then, you know, very little, I think by week three, but a lot more by week six. So it's, it's really exciting to see, I don't know, the early matchups that could be big, you, it, it, like you said, it's a lot of speculation right now. We don't know a lot. There's going to be a lot more that comes out during the training camps and OTAs and as things move forward. But I think I'm really excited for just the marquee matchups and the way the NFL is building up some of these games that are going to be happening opening week. I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see with the Lions. Uh, you never know. Uh I'm keeping my eye on that Aaron Rodgers situation because that could uh, finally open up the NFC North for the first time in a long time. Uh, but the Lions have a lot more to work to do other than just quarterbacks. So we will move on. We're going to get into our this week in sports as we look forward, as we look back on this week and look forward to this weekend. Uh, first, we're going to get into the news in Major League Baseball this week as the it was uh, reported that the Oakland athletics are looking to move out of Oakland and it was coming with the blessing of the MLB. So they are actively searching for a destination out of Oakland, which would leave Oakland without a team because the Warriors moved across the Bay to San Francisco recently. Of course, uh, the Raiders moving to Vegas. So Oakland would be without a team if this were going to happen. Dylan, give me your thoughts on what's going on with Oakland and uh, the relocation rumors. I think it's kind of exciting, but it's also kind of sad um, because it's it's exciting in the sense of like we've seen uh, kind of 
moving between cities and different leagues. I, off the top of my head, I are the Nationals the last team that moved in the MLB? It's been a little bit. I, it, uh, I believe so, because uh, the Marlins just changed their name. They were always yeah. in Miami, so I think yeah, I think I the, Nationals the Nationals were the last team to move. So it's been a little while since we've seen a team move in the MLB, but it's kind of sex. It's the Athletics, and that's Oakland. That, that just feels like they belong in Oakland. They belong at Ricky Henderson Field. Uh, it just feels right, but they they've got to the point where they want a new stadium, which is understandable. It's the same reason that the Raiders ended up moving to Vegas and getting that amazing stadium they have out there. Um, but at the same time, might be sad for Oakland and the community, but it brings excitement to other cities and other cities that might deserve a baseball team. And I think there's several that could really uh, welcome the A's in with welcome arms and warm hearts. Um, Montreal's one that immediately comes to mind. Uh, bring a baseball team back to Montreal. People have talked about Vegas, which just seems like it would be so evil to the fans if Oakland take the Raiders and Athletics and move them to Vegas. It would make sense, but oh, it'd be that would be tough to be an Oakland fan. Uh, Portland has been a team, a city that's been talked about a lot uh, as a, a team for expansion in the MLB. The one that I personally would love to see would be Nashville. Nashville is a city that I think a lot of people don't think about in terms of sports. And I, I'm probably biased because I live so close to Nashville. The Titans are in Nashville, and that's my favorite football team. But Nashville's really, in the last probably decade or so, be, tried to become a sports town. And with the Predators getting better and better in hockey, even uh, getting into a Stanley Cup a few years ago, they embraced them so much. We're uh, there with them no matter what, and they still are. They're very, very loyal to the Predators. Very, very loyal to the Titans uh, with the run we've been on the last few years, kind of being atop the AFC South and making runs in the playoffs here and there. Um, I think Nashville would make a lot of sense. I think baseball would thrive there with the scene that Nashville has with people coming in and out in the weekends. And then uh, I I just think they'd be loyal fans that uh, would appreciate it. They haven't had the baseball experience. They've got a minor league team there, uh, an affiliate of the Brewers. But I think uh, if the A's were to move, I think Nashville would be my uh, my pick, probably selfishly. But I think I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, what did you think of the A's news with maybe a new stadium or uh, relocating? Yeah, I, I I think my first uh, reaction was a bit of shock, but uh, also you know I think I'm more you know I, I've seen enough teams relocate now where. It, it kind of loses that luster for me. And I, I think more of the fans that are losing their team more than I think of the teams that are the cities that are gaining a team. And, and it hurts with Oakland because they've already lost two of their teams recently. You know, the Warriors are just across the Bay, so they can still, you know, they're not that far away from them. And they, of course they're right next to San Francisco. So they have sports teams still, you know, within a reasonable distance, but that's still your team and you're losing, you're losing that Oakland San Francisco rivalry and you're losing just so much of what makes these teams what they are. You know, uh, Oakland had Oakland, all of their teams have, you know, that edge to them, you know, the athletics had a movie made about them with Moneyball because they, they did things so differently and the Raiders were uh, a similar situation. And then the Warriors had all their success, uh, in a different way than most NBA teams have done recently with, you know, drafting their talent mostly other than the Kevin Durant situation. So I think Oakland is sort of getting 
screwed in this situation just because they don't want to fund the stadium uh, with their taxpayer dollars, which is, you know, completely reasonable from, from a standpoint where, you know, these teams aren't bringing in great amounts of money for the city, but they're expected to pour a bunch of money in to, to make their stadiums better. That being said, I know the Oakland stadiums aren't great. And I know players have been complaining about the specifically the Raiders locker room, but the athletics have been a part of that too, where their stadium has just been run down in the past few years. And it comes to a point where you have, there has to be a, a, a give and take from both sides. And it just kind of sucks that these teams can kind of hold their cities hostage because at this point, you know, they've announced they're relocating. It's either give them a stadium or they're going to be gone. So it, it, it kind of sucks from that scenario, but I, I do like, if I, if I am thinking of a city that does deserve a baseball team, I like that Nashville uh, thought process. I, I, I've been to Nashville one time uh, and I, I actually came in late and it was right as a predator game was getting out. And I remember being like, wow, what's going on? Like, this is, this is kind of nuts. I didn't realize there was this many hockey fans in Nashville and this many passionate hockey fans in Nashville because they were all going out to the bars afterwards and having a lot of fun. So uh, I do think Nashville has that special sports team feel that uh, I don't think a lot of people do uh, give them credit for. And I think that would be a, an, an interesting choice if the athletics do uh, decide to relocate. But if, it, if it's me, uh, my personal opinion, I'm hoping the Oakland fans get to keep their team. Um, maybe they can work out a deal where they can get some type of renovated stadium or some type of uh, deal to keep their team because uh, I just look at it like if Detroit started losing their teams and all of a sudden we were one team away from not having any sports teams, I would be fighting tooth and nail to get that to keep that team, even if it was the Lions, you know. So as we move forward, we look forward to the weekend as the NBA regular season wraps up only 72 hours left, three more days. And there's only two teams locked into their spots right now, the Celtics in seventh in the east and the Spurs at 10 in the west. A uh, couple interesting matchups as we move forward to the end of the regular season. The Bulls have a slim chance at the 10th spot if they can sweep their final three games and the Wizards can lose out. Uh, me- meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies, as we said earlier, lining up with a matchup for Golden- with Golden State to decide the eighth seed. Also, LeBron and the Lakers have a slim chance of climbing out of the play-in tournament, even getting all the way up to fifth if they could win out and get some help from other teams. Uh, Dylan, what are your thoughts on the NBA matchups moving forward to this weekend and your thoughts on uh, the seedings as they've been playing out this week so far? So a lot of things can happen tonight. Uh, I'm excited because last night the Grizzlies played the Kings in Memphis, uh, got a big win, helped them move up to be tied with the Warriors coming into today. And the Warriors and Grizzlies are kind of linked this last weekend because they're both fighting for that eight seed. The Grizzlies play the Kings tonight. It's kind of unknown whether the Grizzlies are going to rest guys because they're going into that big matchup on Sunday against the Warriors. But the Kings, they're they're so injury riddled. They're without De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes, and Rashawn Holmes. I mean, that's five starters they're without. So maybe the Grizzlies can squeak out a win while resting people because the Kings are just so so uh, beat up right now. The Warriors, on the other hand have a matchup at home against the Pelicans where I'm curious to see what they do. Will they rest guys as they go in to the matchup on Sunday? Because I mean, if one of those teams wins, that 
puts them at 38 and 33, gives them a little edge going into that matchup. Uh, be interesting to see. Um, I'm just, I'm just so excited to see where the standings are on Sunday night. Uh, getting to see what the play-in games are going to be that start on uh, Tuesday and go through Friday as we get ready for the playoffs starting next Saturday. Um, yesterday, I was uh, I was going through Twitter, getting ready. I was watching the Cardinals-Brewers game, going through Twitter, just kind of enjoying my day. And I saw a tweet that said, as of yesterday afternoon, not a single team had locked in their spot for the playoff. They're, most of the teams had clinched a spot in the playoffs. They hadn't clinched their exact place they would be, which I thought was amazing. Uh, last night, there were uh, there would have been 96 hours left in the um, season, and no spot was clinched, which is just crazy. Um, is there a matchup in particular that you're looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, well, I had written down the Memphis-Golden State matchup. I think that's obviously the biggest matchup because that, regardless of what else happens tonight, you know, that, that game's going to decide the eight seed. So uh, as we talked about last week, I think this is what Adam Silver was attempting to do. And kind of like the underlying thing that maybe not a lot of fans thought about is that these last regular season games now become very important, almost playoff games in themselves, because you're trying to figure out where you are in seeding. And these teams like Memphis and Golden State are trying to, you know, make it a one win and you're in versus a two win and you're in. And that's a big difference now uh, as you move forward. And the Lakers are in a similar situation where they could actually play themselves out of a play in tournament situation. Uh, they need a lot of help. I think I'll be watching some of that. I think in terms of like a one uh, matchup, uh, I'm interested to see if the Bulls can somehow squeak past the Wizards. I it's tough because the Bulls have to win all three of their last games and the Wizards, I think only have two games left and they'd have to lose both of their games, but the Wizards have been losing and the Wizard and the Bulls keep winning, you know? So it's just, it's nuts to see that like these teams that you would never think about the 11 seed in the East is now fighting and grasping at straws to try to make their way into the, into the NBA playoffs. I think it makes just for so much, so much, must watch basketball for the weekend that uh, I'm really excited to see how these, yeah, how the seedings play out. And then it, and then it just gets going right away with the play in tournaments. Uh, and you're going to get to see uh, some winner go home put basketball immediately. I think that's the best part about it. Uh, congratulations to the Spurs. Uh, I don't, uh, the team that would never be in the playoffs uh, in past years, but now have a chance to win two games and somehow squeak their way into the playoffs. So I think that's another awesome part about it. Uh, I think in a singular matchup, I'm looking forward to that Memphis Golden State matchup, see what happens with John Morant against uh, Steph Curry and who's going to claim that eight seed. And that's a big deal. You know, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm excited for you to watch that game too. Cause you know, that's basically a play in game in itself because uh, being in that two win in your end scenario is a lot tougher than being in that one win in your end. So uh I'm excited. I'm really excited. And I think that this NBA play in tournament was a large success in terms of uh, getting excitement around the game. I'm, I'm curious how much strategy will be, uh, will be used and utilized this weekend going into that game, because if the Lakers do stay in that seven spot, do you think either the Warriors or Grizzlies would be like, Hey, would we rather play the Spurs and try to, 
take our luck with the loser of the Lakers and Warriors or the Lakers and or it would be the Lakers and Warriors or the Lakers and Grizzlies uh, and try to utilize that strategy of, hey, let's I'd rather not play LeBron coming out of the gate, LeBron and Anthony Davis. I don't know. I It still probably makes more sense to try to win and uh, just win one game, even if you lose that first one. You can you can go on and uh, play the winner of the nine ten, uh, but yeah, it just creates a lot of really really exciting scenarios uh, as we go into this next week, and hopefully, I'll get to be in Memphis to see uh, one of these matchups. Yeah, I'll definitely be rooting for you for this week, so we can see uh, so we can get you out to one of those games. That'll be exciting stuff uh, coming up for this weekend. Uh, as it sits right now, I'll give you – if the NBA play-in tournament started today, we would get the Celtics and Hornets in the 7-8 and eight game. The Pacers and Wizards would play the 9-10 and 10 game. And then in the West, it would be Lakers-Warriors and Grizzlies-Spurs. Lakers 7, Warriors 8, Grizzlies 9, Spurs 10. Uh, but big – the tiebreaker will be decided. That game's Sunday, right? The Grizzlies-Warriors yeah. game is Sunday. Sunday That's, afternoon. That will be uh, one that we, we want to keep our eyes on uh, as we move forward, and we'll get to see more teams uh, clinch their spots in the NBA playoffs and clinch their actual seedings, and we'll be able to actually get a, a sense of what the NBA playoffs will look like. But I'm excited for that. Uh, thank you so much, Dylan, for your time this week. Uh, hope you had a good. Hope we had a good week, and everyone enjoyed. Uh, anything else you want to add before we get going? Um, I guess I'm just looking forward to this weekend basketball, like we said, and I'm looking forward to, uh, some baseball this weekend. The Cardinals are headed out to San Diego to open up a series with the Padres. Uh, the Cardinals have been on fire lately and I'm excited to see how that series turns out. Watch little Tatis and the Padres. Yeah, that's exciting. Yep. I'm looking forward to my Tigers tonight. We got interleague play with the Cubs. Always fun to get a little interleague baseball matchups, regardless of uh, where you're playing at, but that's, what I'm looking forward to tonight. Thank you, Dylan, for your time. Thank you for all. Thank you as always uh, for some great, uh, great conversations on sports. A uh, reminder: you can follow us on social media uh, on Twitter and Instagram at under, underscore TV Sports, and then on Facebook and LinkedIn at just Tunnel Vision Sports, and on the web at www.tvsportsmag.com. This has been the Dylan and Dylan Duo and the TV Sports Radio Show signing off. We will see you all next week.